How do you determine enough food for you? You can take the popular routes to achieve your caloric nirvana, but be wary of where those lead. Relying on strange quizzes and wonky fitness calculators would have you trading one problem for another. Dr. Cashy has you covered. Roll the intro! Hello! Hello! And welcome to... Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, and on today's episode, you and I are taking the first step up Dr. Cashy's hierarchy of constructive eating. Woo! This is exciting. Enough for you and your desired direction, of course, right? First, an ultra quick review of Dr. Cashy's hierarchy of constructive eating via the whiteboard of wisdom. Behold, this is upside down. <laughs> Behold, Dr. Akashi's hierarchy of constructive eating. Wow. Okay. Let's, let's bust through this real quick. First level, enough. Literally getting adequate metabolizable carbon for what you need. Patterns, structured feeding, get enough at regular and or regulated intervals every day. Three, balance. Equitable and relevant to you distribution of and between the food groups. Next, variety, trying different foods and methods, further improving mealtime reward and satisfaction. And last is novelty, fancy timing, immunomodulation, bioactivity, performance, and all that other complicated stuff, okay? And as you master each level, your eating competence grows until you blossom into the constructive eater you were always meant to be. All right? Pew, pew, easy peasy, okay? So in this episode with Dr. Cash, you are learning what enough is, the bad way to find enough, and why... The better way to find enough and why, how enough integrates into developing permission, discipline, and competence when Dr. Cashy starts you out on your path to be a constructive eater. There are two priorities when it comes to getting enough. Priority number one is making sure you have access to enough food, literal access to enough food. And priority two is getting an idea of what enough food really is for what you need. So let's start with priority one, making sure you have access to enough. The first priority uh, in this definition, or the first prior, this first priority is the definition of bare bones. This is more meant for people like children and families, etc., who have real food access issues. Uh, cravings are low in situations like this relative to the actual need of satisfying legitimate hunger. Under food access limitations, Food items with a greater density of metabolizable carbon will take precedence. Translated, something like peanut butter always, or should anyway, take, takes precedence over something like kale, <laughs> okay? Although many foods like the green leafies, they do provide a relatively high density of vitamins and minerals, that is far less of a concern than just making sure there's enough carbon to go around. This is covered in another light when you and I get into the patterns, okay? When we get into the, the patterns, uh, I cover it a differently in a different light there um, in the constructive eating hierarchy, okay? Indeed, because even though you may have access, right, in the context of having the resources and living in a developed country with many food outlets, there will be times, like when you're stuck somewhere with other people and they're the transport or your plans get goofed up, you experience awkward situations where you're shifted out of your typical food access groove. Let's move on to priority two, getting an idea of what enough food really is for what you need. Outside of having access to enough food, there are a few bad ways to find out enough food, what enough food is for you. These are the laboratory, the clinical, and the calculator settings. These are the bad that, you know, 
quotes, bed, right? To, to find out what enough food is for you. These, these include things like uh, doubly labeled water. Don't worry, I'm only infusing your pee with isotopic tracers for uh, science. Also, that'll be six months of rent, please. <laughs> Direct calorimetry, also known as the metabolic ward, also known as the Dutch oven simulator. Hmm, delicious. And next, and least is the indirect calorimetry, which is essentially the worst Darth Vader costume play ever. I'll go into these in a greater detail in my courses, but only to further reinforce the futility of their application in free living environments. For this episode, the only purpose they serve is that they prove humans do four things. One, they eat carbon. Two, they do some of my favorite metabolical stuff with that carbon. And three, they then respire that carbon as carbon dioxide. Four, and maybe most important, then the internet takes this information to fabricate stupid guilt-inducing memes, supposedly calculating how many burpees it takes to burn off that chocolate bar. Yay. <laughs> Although I did think of like, a big fancy explanation to dive into like metabolism and fancy physiology and all that stuff. I just decided to, to really explain that these methods can only be done in work in uh, very specific conditions and places, therefore realistically leading up to like a 50% error rate or greater when applied to free living environments, also known as the real world, the world you live in. This means that after you take these super fancy measurements, you have to pull numbers out of your butt anyway. Okay, I have yet to decide if any calculators are better or worse. Dr. Cashy actually typically leans towards worse because they simultaneously create confusion and a false sense of security. Indeed, they are derived from the average measurements of the laboratory techniques I just mentioned with the added value of multiplying an arbitrary guesstimate of how much work your body does during the day. This means that after you make all these super calculations, super fancy calculations, you have to pull numbers out of your butt anyway, okay? What ends up happening is that all these people end up choosing either arbitrarily high or low numbers, and that maybe gets the ball rolling, sorta, kinda, as in they punch in their information and then either the calculator arbitrarily spits out something that they can start from and sink their teeth in. Again, defeating the purpose, I think. What if you punch in your stuff and you get a number, which you will, and then you, you follow that number and something moves too fast or too slow or the wrong direction entirely? Maybe there are metabolic crickets, nothing. Is your body a special snowflake or is there something wrong with the, cal the, the, um, the, the calculator? And the, exper the experience that I have is that people actually think there's something wrong with their bodies more than they think the calculator is off. And so I just wanna like oh, grind that into dust right now, okay? <laughs> Case in point, outside of relative changes to an arbitrary baseline, it's impossible to know how much stuff your body is doing, let alone how much it changes day to day. These methods literally are a practical joke. In other words, you do stuff with your body and that makes all that other stuff mean bubkiss. Okay? How does Dr. Cashew really know all this is bubkiss? Well, for one, unless he's in a laboratory, he's been flat out ignoring anything like this stuff when working with real people in real situations and getting real results reproducibly over the past 15 years. At the time I'm making this anyway, that's about how long it's been. So why does Dr. Cashy really take issue with fancy machines and calculators and free living environments? Well, what's the end result here? You still gotta figure it out for your dang self in every situation, even if you have a fancy number. And believe you me, 
if you know me, you know I love math and fancy numbers and all that other stuff. You still have to translate that randomly generated number, a calculated value, to a series of measurable behaviors to try and match that calculated value, an experimental value. In other words, in all cases, you must experiment anyway. Since you have to experiment in all circumstances, Dr. Cashy decides to skip all that nonsense and just go right to the experimenting part, saving you tons of time, energy, confusion, headache, and money. Okay, this leads us to the solution, a more useful way of finding enough. And this is done through Dr. Cashy's super fancy empirical derivation methodology, or DKSFEDM for short. You may recognize these steps from Dr. Cashy's episode on getting you started on the path to constructive eating. However, there is one additional step to this, to, to, to close that loop, all right? So let's list them out. Step number one, this marker's bled, so I can speak clearer with this on. <clears throat> number one, come to your meals hungry, looking forward to them. Step number two, have meals you enjoy that are rewarding to you. Step number three, <clears throat> leave your meals comfortable. Step number four, and here's the addition, pay attention to your body weight. Step number five, tell Dr. Cashy what you ate and what your body did. Mm? And then step number six, use that to make a plan. <laughs> use, use evidence that you accumulated about yourself to generate a plan for you. How about that, right? Herein lies the multidimensional aspect of Dr. Cashy's enough on his hierarchy of constructive eating. Okay, here. You see in the previous episode where Dr. Cashy talks about starting you on the path to constructive eating, this is the next step. Dr. Cashy is using the information you provide him to figure out what enough is, and using the science, magical science of hindsight, looking back at what you did, rather than using silly random number generators uh, that just serve to create more, more frustration than they solve. And, and, and this also helps you, like, helps you develop your permission, discipline, competence, getting your graded exposure, building your resilience response, and priming, again, your type system to rational brain, okay? Your rational system to brain. In other words, Dr. Cashy looks at what you did with you, and then we take the stuff that you did before and use it to help you make decisions right now. <laughs> that seems reasonable, right? Right? After we gather enough information and account for the outliers, you and I find out what enough is for you and simultaneously transition you, an impulsive system one-brained passenger of your life eater, to the rational system two brain hands on the wheel eater at the same time. As a spoiler, while you're progressing, there's a procedural empirical revalidation with dynamic adjustment using Dr. Cashy's patent, not pending, science of hindsight. <laughs> Translated, instead of just picking a number out of a hat and randomly chugging away, Dr. Cashy suggests living and adjusting in the now. Why? Because you can course correct dynamically using logic, reason, and empirical evidence through this method. <laughs> Through this empirical derivation method, you can adjust on the fly. That's why it's so important. Looking at, you, what you, looking at what you did then to help inform what you do now is the most practical way to know you're continuously progressing. Empirical derivation, the science of hindsight, and dynamic adjustment is a synchronous system that continuously updates itself in a way you can manage at your convenience. Bottom line here, you and I hit many birds with one stone. When we meet back up and swap stories, guess what? You go right to the next rung of Dr. Cash's hierarchy of constructive eating. Go up to patterns. And it happens almost entirely on accident, instinctively. So in this video, you have learned that enough is enough. 
that fancy laboratory stuff and calculators, even, even when formally trained, only serves to obfuscate common sense. Dr. Cassia's anecdotal, qualitative, quantitative, and plain old common sense evidence that substantiates the empirical derivation method against radioactive pee that costs as much as your car, living in a fart chamber for a month, and pretending to be Darth Vader in a hospital bed. And remember, all of this, you have to make obnoxious guesses and experiment anyway. <laughs> in conclusion, instead of just using a random one-dimensional number you blindly follow that fails you anyway, there's a better way. Dr. Cash's empirical derivation method Boop, 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 creates a continuous source of evidence to dynamically adjust your plan while also fostering permission, discipline, resilience building, and competence, making you a more constructive eater. And a sexier one too, that is, if that's what you want. Where other methods give you a static one-dimensional value that you must follow rigidly, the empirical derivation method is engineered so, you plan, so your plan is adjusted to your needs and convenience. In other words, you become a constructive eater with direction, a rational eater. So if you need help becoming a constructive eater and a rational eater, then tell Dr. Cashy by sending him a message and leaving him a comment because he gets back to all of them. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>